Uh, how about cuddling with cows? Have you ever done that? I can't say I have ever cuddled with a cow. I haven't cuddled a cow either, but I have pet some cows. And I will say the they have like the softest nose, like the, the fur around their nose feels like just the softest velvet. Is it kind of like a horse's nose? Or is uh, it it's a similar, different? but I think it's even softer. Wow, because horses have very... I have more experience with horses in my life than I have with cows. My grandparents uh, had a farm, um, and uh, they had a lot of horses, uh, I think as many as six at one point, and they also raised beagles, uh, so we always heard the beagles out howling at night. <laughs> <laughs> they have a very distinct howl, don't they? And they will bark at like anything, like a, a leaf blew in the neighbor's yard, and I'm very upset about it. That's basically what they do, but it's a howling sound. This was a total tradition that happened over and over again. We would be staying the night at my grandparents' house, yeah. and guaranteed at some point in the middle of the night, the beagles would start howling. <laughs> And I'd hear my grandfather walk across the house, open the door to the garage, and go, quiet! (laughs) And it worked? And it worked for about 15, 30 minutes. (laughs) No good night's sleep then, I would say. But yeah, they had horses. They even had some goats uh, at one point, a couple of goats. Goats have such a funny sense of humor, like them and lambs. And the noises they make, too. (laughs) They're pretty cute, And of course, lots of uh, barn cats uh, that would have kittens sometimes. So I always looked forward to going out there when there was a new batch of kittens, but... They did not have any cows, so I didn't uh, see many up close uh, during my childhood. I'm trying to think of why I have so much experience petting cows, and and likely, probably, some of it's uh, going to the fair. That Perhaps. Could be, oh, you know what? But I didn't think of that. I've been to some fairs and seen, growing you know. up in uh, you know St. Joseph County, uh, I went to school with a lot of farmers. Mm-hmm. You know, kids whose parents farmed, and of course, they would help out, and some of them involved in 4-H. So, yeah, I've got experience petting cows, and I'm going to say that this is going to be a, a little bit divisive, but not in a polarizing way per se. Should we move into it? <laughs> so, Airbnb. Uh, not only can you rent a, a place to stay for a couple nights or an extended stay, right? Uh, but they offer experiences, and you know I've checked them out uh, briefly from time to time, looking for stuff for you and I to do. But there's one where you can actually go and cuddle uh, cows on a farm. Wow! All right. Well, this is located in the city of Maybe, Michigan, and it's in the southeast part of the state in Monroe County. It's uh, what they call cow therapy, part of an Airbnb experience package that allows you to spend time petting, feeding, brushing, and hugging rescued cows. And sometimes you can even cuddle them too, Lacey. And this is why I think that this is going to kind of split some people's because I'm imagining there's some farmer listening right now who's been outside probably working for the last three and a half hours or so. <laughs> and he's like, uh, people are paying to cuddle cows and, and brush and pet them. Uh, maybe I could be making a killing. Yeah. <laughs> Invite people over, charge them to come and take care of my cows. On my property, that's a chore. <laughs> Uh, so you can book one of these sessions with the cows, uh, getting up close and personal with nature, uh, letting the world kind of slow down around you, take some time to breathe and experience something new and perhaps even exciting. So how much does it cost to cuddle a cow? Uh, $40 per person, and that's for a one-hour session. Now, it seems a little bit pricey, but they say it's a really great experience for groups and uh, for team building, not to mention kids would absolutely have a lot of fun with that. That was the first thing I thought when I came across this was this is a great activity for the kids, kind of educate them uh, about cows and animals a little bit. And of course, kids 
love to pet animals. So there you go. You know, what's funny is our coworker was like, I never thought in a million years something like this would sound appealing. Uh, <laughs> but he kind of went through and uh, looked at some of the reviews and uh, rethought their whole process on it. And they're like, yeah, my son would love this. <laughs> Uh, again, that farm is located in Maybe, Michigan, about 40 miles uh, southeast of Ann Arbor. Not too far away, really. So, uh, And again, you can set this up through Airbnb. So keep in mind maybe to look for some other experiences because uh, Airbnb, the main reputation is, like you said, renting a place to stay for a night or two. But they have other offerings. And it- yeah, but cuddling cows, man. <laughs> when are you going to sign us up for that? I don't know. Watch, somebody's going to call, hey, you can call us and invite us to come pet your cows. We'll brush (laughs) them, uh, we'll pet them, and uh, you could charge us a little if you like, but hopefully less than $40. (laughs) If you want to learn more about this and uh, check out a link we have, uh, check out our website, the Experience experience the Joy of Cuddling with Cows on this Michigan farm. It's at 953wbck.com and on the WBCK app. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with a look at your weather and news. 95.3 95.3 WBCK and joining us now is Christine Piak of Willard Library. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, Lacey and Brandon. Hello. It's a dreary start to our day. Do you have some <laughs> sunshine for us? We Well, yes, we have some exciting news at the library this week. Uh, we are going to be doing some major remodeling projects at both libraries this spring. At the downtown library, we're going to be getting a brand new elevator. Um, the elevator was last updated in 1993, so it's been a while, and this is going to be completely new. The work should start this month and hopefully be done by the end of the month. And while it's under construction, we will have um, the, li- the Battle Creek School- Public Schools li- elevator in the lobby will be available to go to the second floor or the lower level. Well, that's some good news. So you'll be open still. Oh, yes, we will. And we're also going to be renovating the restrooms at the downtown library. Um, they're going to be, um, right now, they're um, not accessible for ADA, so we're going to be able to make them accessible for Americans with Disabilities, and um, we are really excited about that. They're going to get a nice uh, cleanup, and they're going to look really great when they're all done. And that is uh, definitely some wonderful news that makes it easier access for more people in the community. Yes, it will. Uh, what else do you got going on? Well, we're also going to do some work at the Helen Warner branch. We're going to um, completely repaint the branch and also put in completely new carpet. Um, unfortunately, this is going to require that the branch be closed for the month of May. Um, but don't worry, people, all the books that people normally get at the Helen Warner branch will be available at the downtown library. And we'll also still, we're going to move curbside service to downtown. So that shouldn't disrupt services too much. Um, And we also are really excited. We're going to be adding a new creative space at the Helen Warner branch. The space at the lower uh, downtown library has been very popular, and we're going to have it at the um, Helen Warner branch, and we're going to have some new equipment there, too, that isn't downtown. And we're also going to, outside, we have an amphitheater in the back of the library, and um, we're going to be adding some sunshade. So when we have those summer reading programs, it won't be quite as hot. Oh, that sounds absolutely wonderful. And uh, all of this was uh, made possible by who? Well, the sunshades at the Helen Warner branch are from Dino Bartum. His trust gave us some money. And then the creative space at the Helen Warner branch is going to be done by um, the Gene Tenbrink um, Trust. They gave us a donation also. And then the downtown project will be done through um, just the capital improvements budget. 
Well, that's all wonderful news, Christine. Uh, Christine Piak of Willard Library, we thank you so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure. Good morning, and joining us now is Morgan and Jessica from the Humane Society of South Central Michigan. How are you ladies doing today? Great. And you have a, an event coming up here, and it's not too far off. No, no, it's actually less than a month now, which seems just unreal. It's the Cinco de Miao, which is May 5th, and it is an online silent auction. We're also going to have a wine poll and a coffee poll. Um, so it's a lot of fun. You can get online and bid. You don't have to be uh, near here to bid. There are items that you can uh, bid on regardless where you are, or you can, uh, if you win a basket, you can pick it up here at the shelter after the auction. That sounds like a good time. Uh, where can people find more information about that? Uh, they can go to our website or our Facebook, and all proceeds for the silent auction go to help the animals right here in our facility on Watkins Road. That's right, and you guys have all of your funds to fund the shelter there uh, come from fundraisers and donations. Absolutely. We don't receive any government or tax dollar support. We don't get any help from national organizations like the ASPCA or uh, Humane Society United States. All of the money that we raise in our community stays right here in our community. And a worthwhile cause indeed. Uh, But that's not the only reason you're here today. We have our featured pet. Yes. Today we have Cammy. She's about six months old. We have her as a female pit mix and she is just absolutely adorable and full of funk she has got the cutest floppiest ears she does and she's so funny you can definitely tell when she uh you know sees something that's intriguing her because those ears go right up and just flop right over (laughs) whatever she's looking at so what's her personality like gosh you know what she is just full of funk and full of love she would love a active household um, because she loves to run, playing with toys. Uh, she should match with another dog as long as the dog is a male dog. She's not recommended for other female dogs. And um, as far as, you know, ages of kids, I think just kids who are a little more on the older side who are prepared for her because she is a, a fairly decent-sized girl. Um, and I don't think she always knows what her size is so when she's coming at you with full force she might you know knock down a little kid or or somebody who's not used to having a a big dog in the home how how old is cammy we think she's about six months old so she's still got a little room to grow yeah definitely has a little more room to grow um she's not going to be a recommended fit for an apartment or a town home and she would absolutely love having a physically fenced in yard where she can just run free and not worry about, you know, whatever might be on the other side of that fence. That's right. And it's not uh, just for other people's safety who may be fearful of a dog, but it's for her safety as well. Exactly. You know, we um, we love our pit mixes here and Cammie is definitely one of our favorites, but unfortunately not everybody um, likes the pit bull, you know, breed because of the reputation that they've had over the last few years and everything. So having that fenced in yard is definitely going to be required, but it, it's definitely more for her safety and her benefit than anything else. You know, it's kind of funny not to get too far off topic, but uh, there's been different dog breeds through history that seem to be unfairly targeted for having a bad reputation. Yes, I would definitely agree. And that's why it's important for people who are renting, whether it's a house or an apartment, to know what kind of breeds their landlords, you know, prefer them not to have. 
um, especially when you're looking at a shelter animal like Cammy. I mean, she may not look like a true pit bull, but you can definitely see some of those pit uh, features in her. Well, if you're interested in learning more about Cammie, we have a photo and more information on our website at 953wbck.com. We'll have a link back to the Humane Society of South Central Michigan so you can fill out that application and get it returned to them and meet her or one of their other furry friends looking for a home. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. University golfer playing in the Masters. Yeah, this is a pretty cool story. Of course, uh, the Masters, one of the biggest golf events. Uh, they call it a tradition like no other. <laughs> and, you know, I think the, the biggest story out of the Masters right now is, is Tiger Woods going to play? Is he going to play? He's waiting <laughs> to see what the weather's like. And, and yesterday came out, he really wants to play and is probably going to play. <laughs> Uh, now so will, it's nice to hear something Michigan related. It is. And uh, I will admit, uh, I do not golf. I do not watch much golf. I did mm-hmm. a little bit in high school. Um, have I ever told this story on the air? It's kind of funny. No, go ahead. So um, my sophomore, so my sophomore or junior year, can't remember. I had my driver's license, so I think it might have been my junior year. I decided during the summer that I wanted to play on the golf team. Yeah. At that point in time, uh, I had some clubs and I golfed with my dad and my grandfather occasionally. So... Uh, there was a golf course not too far from the high school where we could go and play for free. Really? Yeah. I mean, golf can be expensive. So absolutely. But I, it was. I think the equipment's probably the most expensive part. It is. Well, I, everything about golf is expensive except for the tees, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Uh, so I went up there almost every day that summer and uh, golfed some rounds, practiced, got in a lot of free golfing well then right before the season was supposed to start in the school year i got my first job oh and i couldn't be on the golf team Hmm. and so the coach and the other people on the golf team made fun of me and said you had that whole thing planned out you just wanted to get a bunch of free golf during the summer (laughs) so did the free golf pay off were you any good (laughs) um i never got real good at it um i struggled with i could drive the ball pretty good and i wasn't bad at putting it was those in-between shots where I would either kick up a whole bunch of grass and make a huge divot, or I would completely miss the ball altogether. I had trouble getting the ball to lift uh, from the ground. I could get it from a tee. Mm-hmm. And again, on the putting, I, I did okay. But those in-between uh, mid-range shots, I, I think is what they call them, that's where I struggled. And I golfed a little bit more, but I probably haven't done it in about 20 years or so. It's Gosh, it's, I can't remember. I, I've mostly done uh, miniature golf. And see, that's where but it's I've, at. <laughs> I did okay putting. Like I have, I've tried putting a little bit and I'm actually pretty good at that. Uh, but I don't think that's the hard part of golfing. No, it's <laughs> a lot of it. What is it? Mitch Hedberg has a joke. Uh, the late comedian says, uh, I've never hit a hole in one in golf, but I did hit a guy one time and that was much more satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope nobody's hitting people Four. today. Uh, but anyway, so playing in the Masters, again, it's got to be one of the most exciting moments for any professional golfer. And there's a young man who happens to be a student from Michigan State University in East Lansing who will be playing in the Masters. Yep, and his name is James Pyatt. Uh, needless to say, he is a great golfer. Pyatt earned his spot on the Masters by winning the U.S. Amateur last August when he came back from three holes down with nine to play in a dramatic championship match win. 
Uh, yeah, and James uh, certainly has to be excited about playing in the Masters. There's a good chance he may even get to meet the one and only Tiger Woods, as you were talking about a little bit earlier. Yeah, and as we mentioned, uh, Tiger Woods made an announcement yesterday that he, he is planning to play in the Masters. Uh, Tiger Woods has been away from competitive golf for over a year now due to that crash he had in February 2021. Um, but... He he had had other like surgeries leading up to that and other issues. Yeah. So that's not the that awful accident's not the only thing he's going to be um, battling, and, and and it requires a lot of walking. Oh yeah, they don't they're not allowed to use carts. They have to walk from hole what, to hole. What is the reason for that? Is it they're they're worried about the grounds? Because I mean, other golf courses manage. Yeah, I I don't know what is it some exact... weird tradition we do it because we've always done it. I. That would not surprise me at all. <laughs> golf, golf. Uh, there's still some weird things. Let's just say uh, that <laughs> that still are under the rules uh, with certain golf events. But yeah, that's one uh, that is weird. They're not allowed to use carts. They have to walk uh, uh, up to every shot. Uh, James has already golfed with some pretty big names. Besides uh, the potential for Tiger Woods uh, in the spring, he made his debut on the PGA Tour at the Arnold Palmer Invitational in Orlando. Uh, he received as uh, amateur champ uh, Pyatt shot 78 and 78 in the event to miss the cut by nine shots, but said he still was left encouraged by that experience at a premier event on the PGA Tour schedule. Well, big congratulations to him, and uh, a lot of people are going to be cheering him on from back home, I think. Yep, he earned that spot, well-deserved. Uh, if you want to read more about this, you can uh, check it out at 953wbck.com. And there's kind of an interesting gallery uh, below the story about the 10 U.S. golf destinations with the most courses per capita. We know Michigan has a lot of them. That's true. So there's also an anniversary to talk about. Yep, another sports-related one, too. 29 years ago, and, and this is making me feel very old, <laughs> <laughs> Michigan's Fab Five era came to a sad Ending, and I do remember this, but I can't believe it's been 29 years. Ugh. Really? The reminders are I just... mean, 29 years can, can happen in the blink of an eye, I feel like. That's three decades, just about. Oh, my goodness. Of course, we uh, all remember the Fab Five took Michigan basketball to new heights, and then in one instant, the dream of a title went down the drain. Uh, the Fab Five, they were led by local hero Chris Weber out of Detroit, uh, Michigan coach Steve Fisher landed five of the best high school recruits recruits available uh, back in 91. Weber was joined by another Detroit All-Star Jalen Rose, Jawan Howard, who coaches Michigan now uh, out of Chicago, and two Texans, Jimmy King and Ray Jackson. Wow. Uh, many experts called them the best recruiting class, not only uh, for that year, but perhaps the decade. And expectations were pretty dang high. The group did not disappoint from the moment they stepped on the floor. They garnered attention not only for their basketball skills, but the way they dressed with black socks and baggy shorts. Yeah, they were um, kind of, remember how short shorts used to be in basketball? Yeah. <laughs> not a really good look. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't. I can't imagine it was very comfortable either, but I, I've also wondered, I don't feel like they're there now, but there was a, a time period where the basketball shorts were super large and baggy and long. And I always worried that somebody's going to get caught up in their shorts and like <laughs> fall over or something. Yeah, they, they got very lengthy. And now I think they've pulled back a little bit. Not as much as pre-long uh, no. shorts Thank in, in the 70s and I, 80s. I'm just not a fan of short shorts on men. <laughs> and maybe it's just me. It's I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, in 1991-92, that quintet tied for third in the Big Ten. Michigan State was just behind them in Ohio State. 
Then they shocked the doubters by getting on a roll in the NCAA tournament uh, as a six seed, and they won the regional with a revenge win over Ohio State. That's always good. Uh, in the title game, they were rolled over by one of Mike Krzyzewski's better Duke teams. Uh, the final was 71-51. to 51. But the following season, Lacey... Yeah, 92-93, the Nell sophomores finished second in their conference behind Indiana, the nation's number one team. The Wolverines were ranked number three heading into the NCAA tournament, landing the top seed in the West Regional. The Wolverines won a tight contest 86-84 over the ninth-seeded UCLA, eventually winning the West Regional title with a 77-72 win over Temple. And then we all remember the stage being set for that famous phantom timeout call. At the Final Four, New Orleans, they escaped with an 81-78 win in the semifinal and earned a title game showdown with North Carolina, the top seed in the East. Uh, That game was a really good one. Went back and forth. I remember my dad letting me stay up late to watch it. Uh, 72-67 was the score with 50 seconds left. The Wolverines got two quick buckets and got within a point, but Michigan was now forced to foul to try to get the ball back. When the Tar Heels missed the back end of a one-and-one free throw, Chris Weber seized the rebound, and oh my gosh, I remember this. There was no timeouts left, 19 seconds left. They trailed by two, and he called a timeout. You can't call a timeout when you don't have any timeouts. No. And that resulted in a technical foul. Uh, and uh, kind of the rest is kind of history. They ended up losing the game 77-71. to 71. Very famous video you see in, when they do sports moments of the century and stuff like that. Yeah, after the game, a distraught Weber told the media, I don't remember what happened. That probably cost us the game. If I knew we didn't have any timeouts left, I, would have called, I wouldn't have called one. Truthfully, I don't think I saw anybody open. If I had, I would have passed it. Yeah, things could have been much different. And- Do you know he's never talked about it since? Yeah, uh, he's he very embarrassed. And again, it's a video that that was a viral video before we had stuff like YouTube and the, the internet. I mean, I remember that. Well, the internet so, was around. That was early stages, but yeah, yeah. I mean, not in videos. Not the way and, we have it now. Yeah. No. Oh man, but uh, you can read more about the end of the Fab Five era. Uh, they still had a lot of great moments, though, and you can check this out at ninety five three wbck dot com or on the WBCK app. Um. So there was some big news about uh, the Battle Creek Fire Chief. Yeah, uh, this kind of was an unexpected uh, turn of events, uh, but he is headed to Lansing. We're talking about uh, Battle Creek Fire Chief Brian Sturdevant. He is leaving to take on the same role with the Lansing Fire Department. That announcement was made Monday earlier this week by the mayor of Lansing, Andy Shore. Yeah, and the chief said that he's excited and honored to be selected to serve Lansing as Lansing's next fire chief. And he looks forward to working with the great uh, men and women of the Lansing Fire Department, the city leaders, community members, and ensuring that the Lansing Fire Department is uh, a leader in providing EMS fire services and training throughout Michigan. Yep, Sturdivant will take over, as we said, May 2nd. He's been fire chief in Battle Creek since September of 2018, and his career spans Over 30 years in several states, Uh, here's the statement from the Lansing mayor. Uh, We had two great finalists for the position, but Chief Sturdivant stood out because of his leadership, analytical skills, and leading large, diverse departments. He says he's excited for him to get there and get started. 
Yep, uh, Chief Sturdivant also served in California, Virginia, Arizona, and Georgia in various positions during his career. He graduated from the Naval Postgraduate School with a master's degree in Homeland Defense and Security. He also earned a certified public manager designation from Arizona State University. Um, the Battle Creek, uh, the city of Battle Creek has not yet announced who would be taking over that position when he leaves, um, or if there are any candidates at this time. Um, but he was actually recruited for this position. Yeah, he was, and I'm sure we will hear more in the coming days and weeks uh, about what Battle Creek is planning to do uh, for a replacement. We'll definitely keep our eyes on that anyway. You know, I find interesting is there's a lot of work going on uh, some of those older firehouses, uh, the different stations throughout the city of Battle Creek, and I'm wondering if if this will affect anything going on with that. Um, I know he was very much opposed to uh, permanently removing any of the buildings. Um, yeah. If one had to be rebuilt uh, on that on an existing site or one that was nearby, he was he, that was the plan. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting uh, to see how that plays out. Uh, we've talked to him a few times, and he's always been uh, absolutely fantastic and forthcoming with any information too. Absolutely, and we wish him uh, nothing but the best as he heads to Lansing. Um, also in. Uh, Battle Creek Area News. Our good friend Bobby Holly shared some information with you yesterday. We've been talking about it on the news. Uh, he is going to team up with a church to raise funds to purchase bicycles for area children in need. What a yeah, wonderful story. It is. Uh, he teams up with uh, the Church of uh, is it Church of Living Water. Yep. Um, he, he's done this for at least a few years now. I'm not even sure how many years he's been doing this, but he, he has various efforts that he does to help those uh, in the community as well as um, trying to raise awareness as far as gun violence. Um, with that crawl that he does from Battle Creek to Kalamazoo, of course, this past one being the last one because mm-hmm. he, he is uh, getting a little bit older and that is incredibly hard on your body. But uh, I always love talking with Bobby and um, we need more people like him oh that are gosh. just trying to do good things for the people around them. Yeah, when he comes around, he just warms up the room, um, puts a smile on your face. He's just one of those infectious people. Um, they will be raising funds through collection of uh, returnable cans and bottles, and they will take some financial donations uh, to give area children these free bicycles. Last year, they gave away 125 of them. That's 125 children yeah. who had a better summer than they thought they might. Yeah. You know, I I think, uh, you know, for a lot of kids, when it comes summertime, uh, their families have all kinds of adventures and trips planned. And uh, But it's not the same for every family. Uh, there are families that maybe have a, a single parent or just uh, low-income of course, uh, there's been a lot of struggles over the last few years, and so many people uh, financially may not, you know, be able to afford a bicycle for their kid. Yep. So, a bicycle to to a kid, uh, maybe from a low income family, it means getting a chance to meet up with their friends, uh, having some adventures, and a little bit of independence in the summer. Yep. So, uh, the uh, children seven to ten years old uh, to qualify just have to complete an essay titled "Why Do I Need a Bike?" and they can send it to the church. We have the address. And information for mailing on our website, uh, just include the name, age, address, school, phone number, and gender in that. And the deadline is April 29th. Yeah, and every Saturday now through June 25th, Bobby's going to be at uh, Pinfield Plaza, which is on Capitol, Northeast Capitol Avenue from 11 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And then from noon to 12.30 p.m., he'll be at the Urbandale Plaza on West Michigan Avenue. And then from 1 to 1.30 p.m., uh, he'll be at Columbia Plaza um, right off of 20th Street there. And so you could bring your clean, uh, returnable bottles and uh, containers, cans uh, to him. He prefers in a plastic bag. 
Um, so just keep that in mind. But you can also drop off any financial donations you would like to make at those times as well. But if not, uh, we do have an address for you for the Church of Living Water P.O. Box in Battle Creek. Um, where you can send that if you don't have time to stop out on a Saturday. Yep, and we'll try to get Bobby back on uh, the program to talk about this a little bit more as it gets closer for sure. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with a look at uh, your news and uh, perhaps there's a cash code word coming up. Oh boy. But we do want to talk about this Ohio man. I think uh, we've talked about him in years past, but uh, for the last few years, he gives up everything for Lent with the exception of beer. I respect that. Uh, <laughs> his name's Del Hall, and he weighed 325 pounds in 2018 before his first go-around with the all-beer diet. And today he tips the scales at 269 pounds, and he's hoping to shed another 44 by the time Easter comes around. And that would put him at 100 pounds shed using uh, his his own beer diet. Um <laughs> Hale is the co-owner of a brewing brewing company down in Ohio, and he says he's not only lost weight by giving up everything but beer, but he's also felt great. Um, there was a problem, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's doing this completely against his doctor's orders. Oh, boy. Yeah, he says he consulted his doctor before going on the all-beer diet, and she tried to talk him out of it, saying, you're an idiot if you do this. But she knows how strong-willed he is. And uh, once she knew that he was determined to see it through, uh, she said, well, at least take some multivitamins, stay hydrated, and don't do anything stupid. <laughs> I think he's already doing something kind of stupid. Um, he told a local TV station in Ohio that he's indeed drinking water to stay hydrated, uh, but all of his calories are coming through beer. Yes. And he's drinking for charity. Yeah, this is kind of a neat aspect of it. This year, he hopes he can use the all-beer diet to raise money for a charity important to him, the Ken Anderson Alliance. Yeah, and he said he has a 15-year-old daughter who has cerebral palsy. And even though she's a juvenile now, she's going to be an adult with disabilities. He says the Ken Anderson Alliance is an amazing foundation that actually supports adults with disabilities. Yeah, awesome story. And uh, we have a video uh, TV interview he did uh, in Ohio with a TV station there that's embedded in this story at 953wbck.com if you want to take a look at what he's doing and uh, learn more about it. Very neat. Very neat. And dangerous. And quite dangerous. <laughs> I, w- I would never be okay with you doing something like that. I don't plan to go on an all-beer diet anytime soon. Thank goodness. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with a look at your weather and news. Uh, the big news came down about late morning. Uh, I saw it on other media, and uh, we jumped on it as well. Uh, Fred Upton, Representative Fred Upton of St. Joseph, who represents several areas in West Michigan, he's done. He is not going to run for another term. In the U.S. Congress, yep. Congressman Upton uh, first won a seat in 1986. In his last election in 2020, he won his 18th and uh, what will be his last term. In the 2020 race, he garnered 58.1% of the vote against Democrat John Hoadley, who won 37.89% of the votes. In remarks on the floor yesterday in the House of Representatives, uh, Upton praised, quote, the salt of the earth, people he has been, quote, blessed beyond measure to represent, Uh, He cited some of his career highlights in his statement and also thanked his family, saying every story must inevitably come to an end. She, referring to his wife, asked me what the next chapter would be, and we concluded, and they lived happily ever after. 
Aww. Uh, very happy to to see that he's happy in his decision. He got to to go out on uh, his own terms. Yeah, he did uh, his own terms to not do another term. <laughs> yeah, he thanked his wife and his uh, two children and three grandkids for giving him so much to look forward to as well. And we want to wish him a happy retirement. Uh, obviously, we're aware that there's a lot of opinions, uh, especially in the last couple of years, related to some of the situations that have happened. Uh, but he has had a long. A long service, as long as I can remember, pretty much. Um, uh, we've been talking about it in the news that Michigan lost that congressional seat after the 2020 census and that redistricting uh, put Upton in a primary race against fellow Republican Congressman Bill Heisinger, wondering if that might have aided the decision maybe a little bit. Yeah, it very well could be, but uh, unless he comes out and says so, uh, he's the only one that knows that at this time. Right, and uh, we do want to wish him a happy and fulfilling retirement. Uh, we do have the actual video of his statements on the floor. Uh, Rank put this article together yesterday. Uh, we actually kind of worked on it together, uh, but he was able to obtain uh, the video um, of his statements on the floor um, and even though he's saying this is it for me, we know it's not it for him because he's going to have a, a lot of time now to do things that you don't have time to do uh, when you're doing service like he's done. Incredibly difficult work. Absolutely. Uh, not an easy job at all. Definitely no, not because you can't please everybody all of the time. Oh, my goodness. I don't think you can please people any of the time, it seems. It does seem anymore. like that sometimes. You're absolutely right. In this day and age, uh, people love to complain. You got to meet uh, Upton at some point, didn't you? I, I've met him a few times. Um, when I was in school age, because uh, as you know, I'm from St. Joseph County. Um, he actually spoke at a graduation for one of the classes uh, in Centerville. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, he was a fairly new younger guy at that time, I believe. Uh, so yeah, but it, it was, it was nice. Uh, he did, did a good job. I mean, from my memory, and it was a long time ago. It <laughs> probably doesn't take much to impress 15, 16 year old me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did we meet when you were 15 and 16? No, no, you were older. <laughs> I somehow impressed you anyway. Somehow. Uh, I'm trying to remember if I ever met him in person. I'm sure I have at least shook his hand well, at, at some point. Uh, another station that I worked at as well, he would regularly come in to, to talk with the host of the show and that. So I'd get to talk to him at that time. And uh, one of my former bosses actually worked for him at one point as well. Hmm. So, yeah, a uh, little bit of a connection there, I guess. And uh, who knows, maybe we could reach out and uh, see if he wants to come on the show at some point down the road. Uh, Talk maybe. about the decision a little bit, uh, yeah. what led him to that point, and maybe what he's going to miss the most. All right, we'll get to work on that. Uh, coming up, we're going to take a trip to the movies. I guess we have somebody in for uh, Emily Lokes this week. Uh, yeah. Different person talking about the movies. Yes, we're going to have uh, Zach Rigetti on with us in uh, just a few minutes. 95.3 WBCK. And joining us now is Zach Rigetti with Celebration Cinema. Good morning, Zach. Good morning, guys. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, doing well. I am, uh, I, you know, it's been a, been a long couple of years, but uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is back in theaters this weekend. All right. That's exciting. <laughs> we, I, it was, I was blowing my mind actually uh, uh, a few days ago. You know, Sonic the Hedgehog, the first one, actually opened like literally right before the pandemic. Wow. Um, and so, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog two is now coming into theaters. Which is just like it's been that long. So, uh, but we, uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, it should be pretty good. Um, 
uh, everyone, the whole cast is back, you know, and Sonic is, is fighting his way with his new, new family. And, uh, there seems to be some sort of mystical emerald that we're chasing after this time. So, uh, it should be some, uh, some kind of a, a fun family filled, uh, filled adventure. All right. That one, uh, friendly for the kids. Uh, but there's another one this weekend, probably not very kid friendly called ambulance. Uh, tell us a little bit about this one. Yeah, Ambulance. Uh, it's um, directed by Michael Bay. So if you like explosions and slow-mo <laughs> shots, this one's for you. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, there's, uh, it's a story of two uh, brothers, um, and they one of them is a, a dedicated veteran who's, who's kind of struggling to pay uh, some of his wife's medical bills, and along comes his adopted brother who offers him a, a chance to make some money and uh, he agrees, but doesn't know, you know, what the job really is until they're there and, uh, ends up being robbing a bank. Uh, and in the middle of robbing, you know, the bank, things go a little sideways. And, uh, next thing you know, they've hijacked an ambulance. So the whole thing is, uh, almost a car chase with them, uh, you know, trying to escape in this ambulance, which is also holding, uh, a cop who's been injured and trying to get to the hospital. So, mm. uh, very thrillery, very actiony. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, it seems like a fun time, um, and like I said, lots of explosions. Okay, and uh, there is another wide release as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. This one probably is my favorite of the week. Uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, this one uh, came from A twenty four. It is, in my opinion, the biggest multiverse movie of the year. Um, but, uh, it stars, uh, Michelle Yeoh and, uh, she plays, a a, uh, a struggling laundromat owner. Um, you know, her relationship with her, with her family is a little on the rocks and all of a sudden she gets audited by the, uh, the IRS. Um, and in the midst of all that, her husband comes to her from a different multiverse and tells her that she, um, has the ability to connect to all of her multiverse versions of herself uh, to defeat uh, the evils that are rising up in the multiverse. Uh, and so you'll be skipping around from tons of different, you know, multiverses for her to connect to all of them to uh, overcome whatever evil is, is coming. So uh, it, it seems like a really fun time and lots of googly eyes in that one. <laughs> but uh uh, it's definitely something that's a little different than probably your, what you're used to, uh, but it's gotten great reviews from LA and New York, and uh, we're excited to open it. And uh, last week we did talk about this a little bit. Of course, the Best Picture winner at the Oscars. Of course, there were other things that happened at the Oscars that <laughs> overshadowed pretty much everything, including the Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about Coda, and uh, that is one that people are able to see uh, locally still as well, right? Yep, yep, we're still playing that one as Best Picture winner, uh, and uh, all the shows are in open captioning as well. Um, and that one, it's just a solid, it's just a solid film. I highly recommend checking it out. I mean, obviously, there's a reason it won Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and then I'll just, I'll, I'll also just quickly note here a little, uh, you know, six minutes ahead of time. But you can also probably get your Doctor Strange tickets uh, in the Multiverse of Madness here very soon today so uh be sure to check for those as well if you're looking for those 
Well, some great news. Uh, Zach Rigetti of Celebration Cinema, we thank you so much for joining us and filling in for Emily today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. All right. Have a good one.